Do more with Royal Credit Union's mobile app. The Royal mobile app lets you receive real-time account alerts, deposit checks, send money to family and friends, pay bills, and more. It's quick and easy to manage your accounts from anywhere, and you can even log in with your fingerprint or face. Open your Royal Credit Union account and enjoy our top-rated mobile app. Learn how easy it is to get started with the Royal Credit Union mobile app at rcu.org slash gomobile. Insured by NCUA. Dean Ebsen is packing up his St. Paul house, but not before one last final goodbye to his favorite NHL fans. The former Minnesota Wild coach gets candid with us on his on-the-bench celebrations, Kirill Kaprizov's nagging injury, and why his hair wasn't the problem attributing to the Wild's early struggles. All of that, plus walking the tight line of a player's privacy and reporting in this week's episode of Bar Down Beauties, which is created by New Voice Studios, presented by Soda Stick, brought to you by Royal Credit Union, Livia, Jim Beam, and Greenbelt. You're listening to episode 206, season 5. Want a surefire sign it's hockey season in the state of hockey? The Minnesota Wild and Soda Stick collaborations are back and better than ever. Soda Stick unveiled its first team-issued design of the year, the Deweys, now available to purchase exclusively at the Hockey Lodge. More team-centric gear to come, plus, as always, Soda Stick has you geared up for all things Minnesota sports at SodaStick.com. Don't forget to smash that code BARDOMBEAUTIES at checkout for 15% all purchases at SodaStick.com. At Jim Beam, they know the importance of tradition, like chanting, let's play hockey prior to the start of each game or playing the state of hockey anthem after a wild win. This season, raise one to your fan family with the bourbon that invites us all to come as friends and leave as family. Jim Beam Bourbon Whiskey, the official bourbon whiskey partner of the Minnesota Wild and XL Energy Center. Drink smart. Jim Beam Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. 40% alcohol by volume. Copyright 2021. James B. Beam Distilling Company Incorporated. Fairmont, Kentucky. Hello, everybody. What's up? Bardown Beauties, episode 206. I'm Jesse Pierce, writer for NHL.com. She's Kirsten Kroll, in arena host for your Minnesota Wild. He's Dean Evson, my favorite Hartford Whaler. We'll go with that for the uh, the introduction. How's that, Dean? Well, that sounds good. I think you're lying, but okay. <laughs> I honestly don't know if I know any other Hartford Whalers, though. Ron Francis, uh, Kevin Deneen, um, Mike Liute, Dave Tippett, uh, Ray Ferrero. You're still nope. You're still the number one. So that's all good. Right. You got that going okay. for you. How uh, how are things going? All things considered, you're now a week removed from the removal. How uh, how's this past seven days been treating you? Yeah, no, it's uh, it's different. Obviously, I, I've uh, I've never experienced this in season. I've been fired before, and as my mom said, you've been fired before. You're going to get fired again. Just deal with it. Um, <laughs> But it's 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 odd, obviously, not uh, not having the routine and getting up and going to work. And um, but there's a lot of, as I showed you earlier, a lot of packing going on here at uh, at our place. So uh, that's kept me pretty busy. How has packing been going? I know I just moved about a year ago up to the cities, and it's not not the most fun thing to do. <laughs> yeah, no, it certainly is, especially I really don't know where I'm going. So, um, I have a, I have another home in Montreal. So, um, but we're going to put this stuff in storage here in, uh, in St. Paul somewhere. Um, I've got a couple more months, uh, on my lease. So, uh, we're going to just pack it up, get it done. But yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's never fun, but, um, but you know what, it's something that has to get done and, uh, we'll just pick away at it. 
I'd rather unpack than pack. Like, I don't mind the unpacking. There's something exciting about, like, putting everything in a new place and kind of reorganizing. Packing, I just, I will, if I had the money, I would pay everybody else to do it for me, I think. Well, I don't, I don't disagree with you because when I was in uh, Milwaukee for seven years, I actually got out of uh, the condo that I was in every year. I got a new condo and I just put it in storage and, and then I got it out at the end of the year or at start of the train camp and um, put it into a new place. But it is exciting. It's, uh, it's fun to set the place up. And uh, my wife does a, a lot better job than I do at setting it up. She just tells me what to do. And I, uh, I, I put things up on the walls and, and shift things around. So, But it is exciting. Are you, were so you guys planning to have host? like a okay. list for you of things to do where it's like, oh, like I want this hung up here. And then... Yeah. Just kind of like that whole thing, like, oh, wait, maybe not actually there. Take it down, put it over here, like all that going on. No, I, I make sure that if it's, if it's done, it's done. But I put it up <laughs> on the wall and I mark it with a pencil all over. And then she usually leaves, goes out of town. And when she comes back, it's all set up. Was there any plans to host Christmas or the holidays or anything? Or were you guys always going to kind of go away? Is that at least salvageable there? Um, yeah, no, my, my wife does her own thing in Montreal with her family. We've always done it this way. And I go into, I go to Manitoba and I see my mom, uh, my, uh, my son and, uh, my daughter-in-law and grandson are in Winnipeg. Um, I've got a new grandson in Victoria that I'm going to see next week. I've got a daughter in Calgary or Lethbridge area in Canada. So I, I, you usually all congregate in Manitoba, um, and have just, a, a Christmas together um there um and it's obviously exciting i'm still gonna go there uh and be with my mom for christmas oh i love that see there you go it's all it's all working out a-okay uh the minnesota wild have also seemed to work out okay is it frustrating as hell to watch the team do everything that you had asked them to do uh and perform and go on this three-game win streak a little bit um is it frustrating no, because uh, I, I choose to not get frustrated. I choose to be happy um, for the guys. Um, I, uh, you know, and I, I've talked about this before. I'm not bitter uh, at the Minnesota Wild. Am I cheering for them? Of course not. But am I excited <laughs> that Freddie Goudreau and and uh, and Bolds have scored now in that first game, and and uh, they've played extremely well in in all three games. I've watched all three games. Um, and, you know, Bob Woods and I, who got let go with me, we text back and forth during the games or call um, and say, you know, they're doing this or they're still doing that or they're not doing this. And so, I mean, it, it stays busy. I don't know if I'll continue to watch them as uh, as closely as uh, as I am uh, and we are right now. But, no, it's just uh, it's it happened. Um, there's nothing we can do about it. Um, you know, I'm not. I'm very proud of what happened here. I'm very proud of what we did and what I did as a head coach and Bob as assistant coach and our coaching staff. And I honestly believe that the foundation is is set um, here in Minnesota now to, to, to have success once they get those cap hits off and they get a little bit more money, obviously, to bring some talent in. And um, so, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of what happened, that we have a little piece of, of uh, the success that they're having right now. I was going to say, too, just like having to say all that, because I, you know, we know Jesse. Jesse knows me. I'm not the most like positive person. So to hear you being so positive, I respect the hell out of you for that, because I think it's just very admirable. I would maybe not feel the same. <laughs> well, my mom, my mom told me a long time ago, like uh, to turn all the negatives into positives. And I mean, what else are you going to do? Right. I mean, if I if I sat here and I got all 
pissed off and and moped around or just sat in my apartment what is that that it's just wasted energy right and so it's just it's you know and, and bob and i talked about it it's it's like you know geez sure now they're playing you know chicago who's hasn't had the best record yet and boy it would have been nice to get off the you know to play at all and then we we're like you know what no it's just that's the way it is and you know good for them they, they're playing good hockey um you know time will tell if they continue uh on this uh on this role but uh but certainly we don't hold any hard feelings especially towards the players I mean, Dean, a lot of people, they did find one flaw maybe for you this year that they were like, the fans were were questioning it, saying this has got to be the difference. And I know you're on social media, so maybe you've seen it or not. But (laughs) they said your hair. You don't have the short hair. A lot of people were like, it's because his hair is too long. What do you say to those critics that are like, hey, if you cut my hair, it would have gone back to normal. That was the difference this year and last from last year. Well, I 100% don't believe in any of that kind of stuff. <laughs> there's no there's no, there's no, no chance uh, a little bit longer hairdo uh, has any bearing on uh, on how, how the team plays. So... Um, but yeah, I just uh, tried something different. Uh, I've had short hair my, you know, I'm not in my whole life, obviously, but, uh, but it's, it's funny to hear people comment on it. Um, you know, which really I don't understand. And you're right, Jesse, I'm all over social media. All over. Yeah. No question. I've got every, every possible, uh, link and whatever. I didn't even know how to say these things. So yeah. Um, not a chance of us. You know, what was your favorite thing about Minnesota as a whole? I mean, I know you've talked about the fan base and not even just the team aspect, but was there a spot in the Twin Cities or elsewhere that you're like, God, I love this. I know you love golfing. So I know some of the courses are your favorite. But what was kind of one thing that you're like, I'm so glad I got to spend a significant amount of time here in Minnesota? You know, I don't think I could pick one thing. I mean, I've uh, I've absolutely loved living downtown. I've lived right downtown here. I walked to work, uh, walked to work every day. Um, it didn't matter, uh, you know, what unless we were going on the road. I had to drive, or um, you know. But it's I I, I love the people. Um, I've I've said this before, and I, people probably get tired of it. But that you know, Minnesota people are as close to Canadians as you can get. Um, so I really related to a lot of the people. Yes, the golf courses are fantastic here. Got to meet uh, so many really cool people, golf pros, but friends outside of the game of hockey that uh, that I played golf with a lot um, through the summer um, when I was here. So um, a lot of wonderful people. So um, it's just it's just the people, and I I think I think the passion that that I uh, have and had um, behind the bench or in different situations. I think the people here really uh, related to that. I related to them with it. I, uh, I also enjoy the theater. I, I went to a lot of theater here in Minnesota. And a lot of people are like, like when I talk about it to different people and it's like, well, you mean New York? And I'm like, no, no, there's uh, some fantastic, uh, the Ordway and the Orpheum. And there's a little theater in Minneapolis called the Ritz Theater. Um, there's a history theater just up the road here for me. I go all the time, and uh, I absolutely loved it and ran into people there, and um, it was nice just to, to chat about hockey. So um, I guess if there's one thing, as you said, it would probably be the people. And along a similar note, what is something, when you look back on your time in Minnesota, just a moment or memory that stands out that you think of often? Um. <laughs> I get I, I, the one area that I've talked about a lot and uh, within hockey is 
when things kind of turned around and, and um, the team became really exciting and, um, you know, Billy built the team and, and then we, you know, uh, had a hand in coaching, obviously, and, and, and the really exciting group is walking through that tunnel to, to come out for warm-up. And I've talked about this a lot. When I first got here, you walked through there and, and there was, you know, spattering of people and they're just sitting. And then when things started to get rolling a few years ago, maybe three years ago, we walked through that tunnel and there's six, seven people deep there. Uh, everybody's got a jersey on. Everybody's got a signs. And, and it was just, it just had this really cool feeling walking through that tunnel. And it just, it just got your blood flowing right away. I know the players felt that us as coaches, we'd come back in and go, Oh my gosh, what a, what a crowd that's going to be tonight. And um, so I think the hockey ops with the Minnesota wild did a great job, but I think uh, the bottom line is the team um you know that was put together was a very exciting group they're still a very exciting group obviously they play hard every night and um that was probably the most uh, the, the thing that i'll remember likely the most um you know from my play my playing my coaching actually at the xl center tougher to walk through that tunnel a little bit this year though with the way the team's performing because as minnesotans love their hockey they certainly like to know when they don't like something happening on the ice too and heard that quite often so far this year yeah there was some boos for sure um and rightfully so i mean we you know the power play got booed a couple times pk and and that's their right right you pay money you you have a right to boo and you have a right to cheer but for the most part um you know the cheering was there i i I think back to the new york game where uh how exciting it was when we came back and um, you know, the, the fans, they still get behind you. They have the right to, uh, to be honest. And, uh, if they want to boo, they can boo. But, uh, what, but when things were going and a lot of times things weren't going good and, and, uh, they pushed us into a spot where, uh, give us an opportunity to come back in hockey games. So, um, I have a lot of respect for the fans here in Minnesota. And Dean also too, just looking forward now, what are you, uh, what are you hoping comes next for you? Well, I hope there's a job um, <laughs> somewhere. Um, you know, I, 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 I've said this before. I didn't wake up, uh, you know, the, the, the day after I got fired and, 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 you know, figured, geez, I'm a really crappy coach now. Um, I, I didn't change. Um, you know, we tried everything we possibly could to get the group out of the funk. We think they were coming out of it. Um, and maybe they have, um, you know, maybe they're on that, that role. Who knows? Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, I'm, uh, I'm excited. Listen, a lot of people have been made. I've talked to a lot of people. You should watch this team. You should watch that team. If their coach gets fired, you should be ready and all that. Kind of, I don't wish uh, anyone to get fired. Um, mm. but if teams make a change, do I want a job in the national hockey league? Yes. hundred percent. I absolutely love the coach. Um, I love this league. Clearly it's the, the, the best league in the world. Um, there's only 32, um, head coaches. I'm not one of them now. Um, but I do want to be another one. 
Um, and if the job opens up, sure, that's exactly what uh, what I would like to do is get back into the National Hockey League as a head coach. Fans are going to remember most, too, is the friendly punches on the bench with, <laughs> I believe it was Darby, um, after just like, you know, you talked about emotion on the bench and the excitement after a high stakes game or when you guys come back. Um, so those punches, do you think wherever you go next, you're going to give a warning to your assistants like, hey. Yeah, you know what? So people have asked me, and I, and I always say, I'm like, I didn't plan um, to to punch somebody. I didn't. I don't. I didn't plan to jump up off the bench. Like it just, it just happens. It's just that's who I am, and I, I don't think that coaches have to be that um, rigid on the bench and and uh, and not have that feel. Why? Why wouldn't I get excited when we score? I mean, I, you know, that if you know Darby, he's. He's built like a Greek god. Um, he's just, he's ripped up. So um, could I punch some of the other assistant coaches? I probably, even with my little punches, hurt them. But I, you're not going to hurt Darby. So he, he enjoyed it. It's a funny thing because at the start of the year, we all got crap. Uh, we went to meetings in Chicago and all the coaches got crap for it because the, the, the camera's on you all the time. So there's a, a penalty, camera gets on you and, and we're, mf and the referees right or you're yelling or you're you're mad your facial expression so so we got heck so i tried to be way more um calm when those situations arose um and then i said to darby and the group the coaching group i said i'm just gonna you know maybe we'll just give low fives or high fives or something when we win and darby's like don't you dare change he said he says you keep hitting me and i'm like you just say that yeah and uh but that's that's who we were, and that's you know our staff. We were as excited. Listen, we want our group, uh, the team, to be um, together and excited and and passionate. Um, our coaching team can do that too. Uh, you know, we get back into that coach's room, and and we're pretty excited. There's some guys that are a little bit less and a little more um, excitable, uh, but but we're all excited because why wouldn't we be? We just won a hockey game, so. Um, yeah, I, uh, I maybe in the next stint, a new assistant coach, I'll have to get a, a big guy there too. Bob's pretty big, so if I bring Bob along, which uh, would be the plan, um, because he's a tremendous coach, uh, you know, maybe I'll have to start hitting him a little more. Uh, you know, my other on bench favorite moment of yours would be you and Rick Bowness kind of given that look. Could you you could have taken him, right? I think there's no question you could have taken Bones for uh, for a little run, maybe a little twirl. Well, in that uh, that meeting, I, I walked up to him. We we were all there. It was all the head coaches and all the general managers in Chicago. And uh, I know we had a little break. And I went over to him and I said, uh, I said, and I've talked to him obviously before. But I was like, Bones, what are you, what what, what are you yelling at me for? And and he's like, he's like, I'm so sorry. He says the only reason I was mad is because you had a you had a tough guy and a tough team, and I didn't. He says I couldn't <laughs> I couldn't respond with anybody and. Um, but he, uh, you know, we, we had a good laugh about it. And actually after I got let go, one of the first texts was from him. Um, and that is a nice thing. Uh, if there is one after you do get let go and Bob and I both have had so many people, uh, inside and outside hockey, um, get a hold of us and, uh, and, and, you know, just wish us the best. And so it makes you feel pretty good right away. 
I mean, you've asserted yourself among that list of coaches that deserves to be coaching in the National Hockey League. Now, you've been on the other side of it where you came in and replaced Bruce Boudreau, right? Um, is it really just a matter of changing that messaging and who it's coming from now that John Hines is there and that's part of the change? Or what do you think has really sparked the while? Because we look at the team itself and the systems. It's still your team, your systems as of right now because there hasn't been a shift. But is it just that that messaging and that voice that sometimes needs to change for the players? Yeah, uh, Bruce uh, actually texted me as well, and I don't know if you've heard some of the comments after uh, he he talked to Woody too and uh, to Bob Woods, and um, you know he, his comments were you know the same as when when he got let go. It's it's like and Billy said it too that you can't fire or or trade or send down twenty three players. It, it, obviously, it's the easy thing to 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 fire the coach, but I, I honestly believe. In my situation, coming in after Bruce, and uh, Bruce came into Washington after Glenn Hanlon, um, and now John Hines comes in after me. The players, it's it, you try to tweak them. You try to light a fire when things aren't going good, and it didn't happen. Um, we think it was going to happen, but it didn't. Um, and then when the players know, the players, and, and from being an ex-player, you're responsible, ultimately. I mean... Did, did I think, and people have asked me, did I think the, the players, you know, tuned me out? I don't believe so. I just believe they got into a real funk. Uh, the mind is a very uh, fickle thing. It uh, it plays games with you. Um, and they were in, a lot of them were in their own heads. Uh, a lot of guys played well um, through it, but uh, but some guys were. And then all, you take responsibility. They take accountability. They're like, okay, well. I guess now that it's on us and, and, and maybe it's not on the coach and uh, blah, blah, blah. And, and uh, they, they, they definitely have a spark and a boost and they clearly have had it so far um, in these first three games. Quick fire questions for you before we let you go, Mr. Dean Evson, Marco Rossi Calder finalist. I mean, he certainly is making a very good case. And is that something that you, have known all along. I know you and I spoke not too long ago about Marco, but I know I, for one, I was critical. I was curious. Was he going to be this player that everybody had hoped he would be? And, you know, this year he's certainly proven that with the opportunities he's been given. Um, no, we had concerns. Um, I'll tell you the, the entire organization had concerns. Um, probably the only one that didn't was, uh, was, was the scouts that, uh, that, that drafted him. Right. Um, <laughs> We yeah we had concerns, but we understood. Obviously, he's a he's a great player. He's you don't get drafted that high. You don't have the the play before he gets to the National Hockey League, American Hockey League, without being um, having something special. So it took him a little bit longer. Yeah, um, you know we sent him down last year. He wasn't quite ready. Um, I was just proud of how he did everything that we as an organization asked of him last summer, and that's to go home and skate or stay here and skate, which he did. Um, so can he be in the running for the call? Absolutely. He And you play with Kirill Kaprizov and Kirill gets going, um, and Zuki's had a, a good year up to this point, and the, the three of them continue to play together. There's absolutely no question um, he could be the Calder uh, winner this year. In the spirit of rapid fire questions, completely off the map, unrelated to hockey, Dean, I gotta know, what are your thoughts on Taylor Swift? <laughs> um, 
I not like an episode few. goes by that she will not mention Taylor Swift, Dean. I just need to I let you know. I can't let that. an episode go by without mentioning it. <laughs> I like I, I like a few of her songs. How's that? I'm not um I didn't go to her concert when she was here. Well, I don't think it's very hard to get tickets anyway. Um, but um, yeah, I I think I you know what I've actually heard her speak and and interviewed and stuff, and she seems so down to earth and so level headed. I think that's uh, that's pretty cool. Besides, obviously, her talent. Can you name Do you know the name of her, her songs of hers you like? Yeah. No. <laughs> What do you know the name of her tour that she's on the worldwide tour? No, Marcus oh, Foligno so. didn't either. I was very disappointed. Yeah. Well, yeah, Moose should have known. You would have thought so, but he, he said no. He just hasn't paid attention. But he probably knew. He didn't want to let a, let on. Well, him and I, we didn't know, but he went to Andrea Bocelli, and I did too. So maybe <laughs> maybe we're a little bit more mature. <laughs> mature that's what we'll go with uh speaking of maybe slight immaturity but maturity mark andre Fleury, who has been one of my favorite players to cover since working with the national hockey league what is it like to have coached all hammer you've had a long list of superstars including alex obeshkin but mark andre Fleury just seems on this different level because he's so down to earth and because he's so personal just how fun was that for you to have him as a head coach he is uh, the, the the most incredible teammate you'll ever want um, for a superstar. All of his uh, one thing I always watched, he gets off the bus and obviously at different at different towns at the hotels and the rinks and stuff. And he stops at every single person's uh, signing, uh, sign sticks and jerseys. And he is just uh, an incredible human being. Um, a great teammate. He is so passionate about the game and all he cares about is winning. He doesn't care about his numbers. He doesn't care about his starts. Um, you go to me and say, you know, Gus is playing tonight. And he's just like, yeah, that's great. Like he just, um, he's team first. Um, and you're right. He is one of the, the, the greatest goaltenders. Obviously he's going to be a hall of famer uh, immediately after he retires. Are you also in the majority of people who would have loved to see a flurry and Bennington fight? Um, you know what? People have asked that and flower would have been fine. I know Bennington's a, a, I think he's a good fighter, but the only thing that we wouldn't want is to get hurt somehow. Right. Um, you know, so, uh, but, uh, I'm not opposed to a good fight every now and then. <laughs> uh, kind of final question. Kirill Kaprizov, what is it going to take for him to kind of really get going? Because this year it just seems different. I mean, last year, you know, certainly as as the media turned on him a little bit saying, hey, you're not scoring. This year it's a little more than that. It just seems like he's not quite the same player. And I know you spoke with Michael Russo about potentially a, a nagging injury. And I don't know if that's it or is there something different with Kirill? And did you notice that as well where it just seemed a little off this year? No, I do. I do believe that it's uh, it's it's lingering from that injury. I, mm -hmm. I honestly believe that it. Um, he didn't. He didn't have the same pop uh, in you know the, the the pace to his game. Um, it's coming. He's he's getting closer and closer to getting into that phenomenal shape, uh, uh, skating shape. He's he's in he's in wonderful shape. They're all in great shape. But the uh, same as we talked about Mar Marco Rossi is that he needed to skate and just get going and he did that all summer did Kirill do that all summer no because he wasn't able to he was you know rehabbing and and um, getting his his body into a place where he could even play so as the season goes now and, and just watching the last three games it's, it's nice to sit 
you know, I watch smittens of the game and scoring chances. Sometimes we watch the entire game, but it's nice just to sit and watch and you can see his his stride is is good. He's getting into NHL skating Kirill Kaprizov pace to his game. He'll be he'll be just fine because of his competitiveness. Will the Wild be bringing home a Stanley Cup anytime in the future, knowing the organization? I know you may not be cheering for it, but do you think it is within a realistic reach even in the next five years? Yeah, 100%. I, it's sad that, uh, that we don't have that opportunity to coach that hockey club because um, the foundation, as I said, is set. We have, they have the, the, the group, the character, the, the, everything set. Now you just put in a couple of um, skilled players, a couple, you could put four skilled players into that lineup um, combined with the with the the desire and the leadership of the Spurgeons and Felinos and and uh, I mean go all, all down the list of guys that um, are are tremendous character and team first players. Um, yeah, so I I I think well I know this this city this city's deserves um, a Stanley Cup winner when they do win a Stanley Cup uh, in the next five years. Um, if it is happened, we will take, I will take pride in saying that I had a little piece of it. No, it's just one city, St. Paul. St. Paul gets us. You're a St. Paul guy, Dean. That's okay. We're, we're St. Paul girls. We enjoy that. It's better than Minnesota. You got, we're the Minnesota <laughs> wild, Jesse. We're not the St. No. Paul wild. I, I love St. Paul. Don't get me wrong. That's why I settled here and, and not in Minneapolis, but, um, we are, we are, I am not anymore. But I was going to say, is that the hardest thing for you to yeah. transition that saying yeah, like yeah, today? Yeah. 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 Do you want any um, wild gear? Because I've got a yeah. lot of it. Yeah, absolutely. I got okay. kids. I, I never wore it <laughs> out uh, anyway, but I had a lot of it. So, but, uh, but someone's going to get a lot of wild gear. I was going to say, I've always wondered that about players too, who get traded. Like, what do they do with all that team stuff? Like I've found... Um, Jake Gardner's Toronto stuff at a Goodwill uh, a couple <laughs> years ago as well. I mean, is that, do you just literally have to give it away or what do you do with that? I actually have, um, there's uh, two sisters that live here. They're older sisters in, in our building and they are diehard wild fans. And they were all busted up one day talking to me about, you know, they're so sad and this and that. And I said, you know what, at the end of it, I said, do you guys, you, you want some gear? Like, and they're like, what do you mean? And I said, I'll drop it off at, uh, at your apartment. So I dropped it off and they, yesterday they put under my door and really nice thank you note. So, um, yeah, I, I was going to take it over to Goodwill, but, uh, but I might as well give it to people that, uh, that I know are, uh, are going to wear it, appreciate it and, uh, and wear it with pride. Sending Christmas cheer. Well, Dean, again, truly an honor to have worked with you in the capacity that we did and great guy. I'll miss you out on the golf course. Now I won't be able to chirp you on the golf course anymore this summer. Well, you made, I said, you make the best hamburgers I've ever had on the golf course. So I don't, I don't drink. I was going to say you, you make good drinks too. I think you do probably the yeah. boys. Uh, I think I won money off of my group after you made the drink. So I probably I gave, gave a heavy hand just to help you out. Thank you. I appreciate that. You're welcome. Well, best of luck in the future. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Hey guys, Jesse Pierce here. Give yourself the gift of good health with Livia Weight Control Centers and their extended Black Friday offer. Join Livia today and receive up to 50% off your own personalized program. With the one-on-one help from my Livia team at the Woodbury Center, I've dropped more than 30 pounds in three pant sizes thanks to their weekly support. 
You can too. Sign up today and take part in Livia's best offer of the year and get a jump start on those weight loss resolutions by calling 855-GO-LIVIA or visit livia.com. That was fun. I mean, it was like, it warmed my heart just to see Dean again. Really, it truly did. I truly, I know I said this when we were talking to him, but just like how high of spirits he's in and how positive he is. I'm like, oh my, like, I'm not the same crabby person over there. I have been crabby. I will be the first to admit it. I said this before we even started recording. I was like, Jesse, I'm crabby and I don't know why. But no, like, I don't know. Like, I'm also feeling like very emotional at the same time. So when he was talking, I was like, just, it was like hitting something. It was, it's, you know, it's funny because like, I was there when they fired Bruce and I had a great relationship with Bruce as well. Mm-hmm. But that one didn't hit as hard as D. And I think it's because with Bruce, I think part of it was coaching. It wasn't just that the team was performing poorly, but it was very clear he had lost control of the room. And granted, that's a completely different team than what Dean Evson had. But that's <clears throat> just it. Like this, as much as a change needed to happen, it it wasn't on the coach. Whereas I think with Bruce, mm-hmm. it fell a little bit on the coach. So I think that's what made it different. And obviously I covered Dean for a little bit longer than Bruce too. So it's just kind of, we were building that good rapport and I hate meeting new people these days because I'm old and I'm just set in my ways, but I know it is. It's a pain in the ass to get to know new people sometimes. Have you been hitting it off with John, John, John Hines yet? <laughs> yeah. In the, yeah. again, there's been, because it's games and like those situations, there hasn't been as much time to like really sit and shoot the shit. And there never really is during the season. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of, the relationships that you build with coaches or players is done kind of off season or on practice days. But that's the other mm. thing. John Hines is coming in. Now we have to practice every day. It's at 11 and not 1030. It's just whole new world for us. It's messing everything up. <laughs> it's messing up. Like I had a routine for the past three years. That routine is shot out the window. Uh, but speaking of John Hines and the Minnesota wild, as we'd mentioned with Dean, as you guys all know, three game winning streak for your Minnesota wild undefeated against Hines, um, allowing just one power play goal in 11 attempts for their past three games, allowing just one goal in each of those past three games while scoring 13 of their own. Matt Zuccarello's going. Matt Boldy has finally scored a goal. Uh, Kirill Kaprizov, even as Dean alluded, it's starting to look better. Just everything has reignited a little bit. I'm still not going to say, oh, yes, this team is is going. Shoot them to the moon. They're going to be amazing, blah, blah, blah. They're playing well, and they're playing to the level that they should have been playing from game one. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Like, I'm surprised – this is happening right now. Like I truly did. I thought they were going to win against St. Louis, which they did, but Nashville didn't even like, I thought it would be close, but I didn't think that'd be in their favor. You're still Chicago, reeling from I think that. I gave more credit to than they deserved quite frankly, but just to see the team turn it around like this quickly sparking the coaching change. I'm still not convinced that they're like legitimate in changing their ways and that they've really turned this ship around. But I think right now it's going in the right direction, but I need to see them play some higher quality teams than a Chicago or a struggling St. Louis to really be like, okay, yeah, like they're legit. Yeah, I would agree. And this week is going to certainly give that test. Kirsten, let's just go ahead and do our wild predictions for the week ahead. Um, They've got Calgary. They're on the road trip. It's a four game road trip. They go to Calgary. Let's and also let's talk about this schedule too. They go to Calgary Tuesday, then they go to Vancouver. So they go from Calgary to Vancouver Thursday. Then they're that's the first of a back to back because they go back to Edmonton on Friday. I don't know if you guys who are watching me, it's going back and forth. It's zigzagging. And then from Friday, they go from Edmonton 
to play Seattle on Sunday, which I don't know if you knew this. I don't know if the NHL schedulers knew this. Seattle and Vancouver are next to each other. Why would you not have that be the back-to-back? Like, why wouldn't you go Calgary, Edmonton, Vancouver, Seattle, or some way of that? This just seems chaotic. Um, you can talk about the schedule first and then give me your predictions. It sounds chaotic. And I think I like pointed at you like when yes. you said Calgary, because I was like, I have something to say. When we were talking to Dean and he kept calling it Calgary, I'm like, is that that's how, how it is? It's, that's how it's Calgary. It's Calgary. Yeah. Then why are like, we I saying thought, Calgary? Because that's how I say it. And that's how I like to it's say it. It's like things. how people are like Quebec when it's Quebec. Right. Like the Canadian, it's Calgary. Like I used to think people were clowning me when they, like my Canadian friend, I have a Canadian friend who's from Calgary. And he's like, it's Calgary. And I was like, no, it's not. You're just jot. It's Calgary. So, so should I start calling them the Calgary Flames? People are going to give me weird looks. Because it sounds stupid. So I feel like Calgary my life is for... a lie. Like, <laughs> why was I not educated on this sooner if that's how it actually is pronounced? Yeah. Everyone's actually... been doing it wrong. Now I'm like, I'm irritated by that. <laughs> it's, it's what it is. I don't know. Well, Calgary. I don't like it. Are they going to win in Calgary? <laughs> um this is strictly going on vibes because i'm gonna be quite honest i don't know how cal gary has been <laughs> doing um no okay no they're not what, what about vancouver no definitely not what about edmonton no no yes yes, yes. they win in edmonton and oh. they win against seattle all so, right so you got them going two and two yeah, a win streak can only last so long. We saw that with Nashville. Yes, this is true. I think they lose. I think they lose to Calgary. Or no, actually, no. I'll take that back. I'll go opposite. I think they win in Calgary. I think <laughs> Calgary. they fall in Calgary. Just it sounds like you're trying too hard, right? Like you're overemphasizing I am, the because two. Now I need it to stick. Because no, not for just you. Twenty-seven like, years, it's been said wrong. Not just you, anybody. Like Calgary sounds like you're trying too hard to be like. There's a Gary in there. It's Calgary. Like it just sounds. It sounds silly. Anyway, yeah. Vancouver, they're gonna lose. Edmonton, they're gonna lose. Seattle, they'll win. So I'm also going two and two with a different set of outcomes. First time I don't pick an OTL, so that's nice. Yeah. That's just, that's gonna be great. Let's just get it done in regulation. Um, a lot has been made. What has been your most? And again, I I want to reiterate, and this isn't a, a any offense to John Hines. This is still Dean's system. This is still his team. Like John Hines hasn't been able to put his thumbprint necessarily. However, John Hines has really emphasized the need for speed, and certainly we have seen this team move much quicker than before. Why do you think that is? Is it just a matter of the fact that that top line is really rolling and they've upped the pace? Also, shout out to John Hines for playing that top line as often as he does. He seems to have them rolling out there more frequently than I've ever seen, and I am all for that because certainly mm-hmm. it paid dividends in the Chicago game, in the in the, uh, in the the Nashville game a little bit too, but obviously that line wasn't the one that was dominant. But what do you think the most impressive shifting gears has been has it literally been their speed shifting gears has it been the goaltending has it been special teams what has impressed you most in the Heinz era I would say one special teams has stood out to me a lot more um just because I think there was a collective like everyone hold your breath in that arena towards the end of Dean the Dean era I will say not because of Dean but I just think the stretch we had seen, it was like a collective, like hold your breath because we had known how terrible the wild had been on special teams. And so the last couple of games I've been able to take in from home 
watching them, it's kind of been like, oh, like we can do this. Like this is actually like a thing we're capable of, of scoring on the power play or killing off a penalty. So I think that has definitely struck me. But also, yeah, the speed of the game too has, they just don't look so sluggish out there or lost. Yeah, it's exactly like they just, I mean, there's definitely, there's that it factor that Bill Guerin had said, we're missing the it factor. Well, it's back, which is good. Um, you know, again, they're not going to go, they're going to rattle off a couple wins here and then kind of come back down, not down to earth, because I think this is probably about as average as we've seen them, but they're going to play some harder competition. They're going to, again, this road trip going to be a doozy. Um, the goaltending. Now I want to talk goaltending because as you know, I've been team goalie this year. I have been like, Nope, it's not the problem, but even they have more confidence. I mean, Philip Gustafson and Nashville looked great. Marc-Andre Fleury looked really solid. Um, especially when they were on the penalty kill in that first period against the Blackhawks goaltending, was it a problem, a bigger problem than I wanted to see early on in the season? Or has it just, again, another part of the thing that's found its groove? I do think there were games where I was like, Gold, not overall. I think overall goaltending wasn't the biggest issue, but there were some games I would take in and be like, yeah, like Gus looks terrible tonight. Flurry, not as sharp. Um, so there definitely was glimmers of that, but overall, I, I don't think it was the biggest concern, but yes, they have looked better. Defense has been the biggest concern. Zach Bogosian, absolutely. Day to day, the Minnesota Wild recalling Dakota Mermis, um, reassigning Vinny Letary, probably because John Hines was isn't a big fan of John Merrill being out on the ice. I mean, I have Shocking. to imagine. <laughs> I'm shocked. Like right, like I would rather see a Dakota Mermis on the ice, who again plays played solid when he was up here. He was fine. He was not amazing, not bad. It was just. John Merrill, sometimes I question like his decision-making and even his vision on the ice, like literally, like, can you see, like, are we seeing what I'm seeing or no, we're not seeing like, like great person, great human being. Good God. Just hang out with me in the press box for the rest of the year. I don't understand. Like, yes, very nice guy. Great guy. And people are going to yell at us for continuing to be like. We're nice girls. <laughs> We're not mean. I don't care. We but are nice no. girls. God damn it. How do we get rid of John Merrill? That is the question. What needs yeah. to be done? Respectfully. Billy just has to understand what we're coming up with. We're just going to, we're going to have to, again, bring this other proposal to him once more for like the fifth time and be like, Hey, uh, it's been more than five times. <laughs> I think towards the second half of last season, I don't think an episode went by where I didn't bring it up. Mm, no. The only thing that went by was you by John Merrill in the press box and him glaring at you. I think he knows that I have said he needs to be off the team <laughs> and was staring into my soul. Him and Kaylin Addison, when they were both scratched, just Ugh. staring at me as I walked by. You know what? I give so you I credit. Think there was some bad blood there. Or my anxiety you... is telling me there was. I don't know. I give you credit as an in arena host. Cause I would have to refrain from saying snarky comments about John Merrill, like almost every game. Like if there was something like that happened and during one of the in-game games, I would like, I don't know, like, Oh, well that was better than John Merrill did. <laughs> like I would have to like bite my okay, tongue. I I'm know I can't do that. Anything like that. Cause I would get fired so quick. <laughs> like that's not even an option, but it'd be funny. Oh yeah. And I don't think anyone would disagree with me, but at the same time, and then all of a sudden, like I get a wife down on the stage. Like, yeah, I don't want to go in that territory. That's true. Oh, 
God, I'm not, I'm also not in the business of like publicly embarrassing somebody like that. That's I know true. that's not what you were going for. No, I, I didn't even consider that, that out there because I'm a nice girl. I didn't consider that, but we're nice girls. Be your viral moment for sure. <sighs> yeah, Just I saying. don't know if that's the viral moment I'm looking for. Do it for the buttes. <laughs> I don't know. Uh. <laughs> um, kind of speaking, not viral, and I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on this, and I'm more er- concerned, not concerned, I more want to discuss like one aspect of this. Obviously, last week, everybody saw the Corey Perry Chicago Blackhawks drama go down where Connor Bedard also got looped into it. Uh, if not, I'm not going to rehash it. Go find what you need to out of it. Corey Perry no longer with the Chicago Blackhawks organization. He's going to get help for some mental illness and um, alcoholism, it sounds like. So good for him. But the newest development, if you will, is when the Chicago Blackhawks visited the Winnipeg Jets uh, on Friday. They played there on Saturday. Friday, Winnipeg Jets media asked Connor Bedard, because it was the first time anybody had spoken with Connor since Corey Perry released his statement, since the Chicago Blackhawks released their statement, um, and just basically asked him how he felt about the situation. Now, I want to be very clear. Yes, he is an 18-year-old kid. Uh, Number two, I don't agree with looping in too much of a personal life when it comes to very sensitive topics like that, like when it comes to family members and whatnot. You shouldn't necessarily have to always answer to those things. However, a lot of people were very upset that he was brought in for this line of questioning from Winnipeg media, where I do want to say it is innate human nature to want to talk about these things. I mean, we're all guilty of it, whether you want to be or not. You are you want to eat that information. It's the reason that the Real Housewives franchise is as successful as it is. We love the drama. We love the dirty, gross kind of stuff. And not to say that this was like super dirty and gross. It was just, you know, people think of it as lighthearted. It's not if you're, you know, if you're affected by it, it's not a lighthearted, funny thing. And and certainly um, it's hard to answer. I think one question would have been fine for him. Mm-hmm. I think that is fair because, again, we're all curious. We're all only human. Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift. That gets blown up out of proportion every single week where she is, what they're doing, every little thing. And I think hockey sometimes secludes itself from that and thinks that it's untouchable. But there have been a number of instances um, where it's been far worse. Again, we talk about uh, Calgary Flames and Dion Phaneuf and Sean Avery. If you guys don't recall that, he called his uh, Phaneuf's wife, Alicia Cuthbert, his sloppy seconds. And like, I mean, that was all publicly played out in the media. So I understand handling with gloves, especially a young 18 year old kid who's going to be the face of the franchise. But also I don't think it was completely out of line to submit him to this question. Kirsten, what are your thoughts on that? I think again, it's a tightrope to walk. Mm -hmm. And um, I think Connor Bedard handled it as well as he's continued to handle everything. So props Mm -hmm. to him. Um, But I don't know. It's just, I found it very interesting that it sparked such controversy um, again on on a non game day line of questioning. Yeah. Well, first What I will say about it is I think a lot of the blame falls on the Chicago Blackhawks for how they initially handled the situation. They were very like tiptoeing around and very vague about what was going on. And then all of a sudden they're saying that they're putting him on waivers and the intention of terminating his contract. So I think that sparked a lot of curiosity from the public. Like it's Corey Perry. What did he do? where it is all of a sudden like he went from just like taking a little bit of a leave to all of a sudden like we're terminating his contract like we do not want him part of this organization anymore so I think that sparked a lot of questions and then for the Blackhawks to still kind of tiptoe around it be kind of like vague say it didn't involve any family members 
And just, I don't know. I don't think they handled it publicly the best way because there were a lot of questions. Um, and I do understand being a little bit delicate because it does involve somebody's personal struggles. So I can understand not wanting to air out their personal struggles to the public too. So I think possibly after that was done and Corey Perry released his statement, essentially saying like what kind of was the factor behind everything should have quieted down a little bit after that. I think Corey Perry making his statement, that was kind of all that needed to be said. But however, I do, I don't have a problem with asking like a question to Connor Bedard about it. I think it also gives Bedard the opportunity to kind of clear the air and make his statement, say whatever he wants to about it to kind of get people to settle down and maybe just, you know, clear the air altogether. But yeah, I, that's kind of my thoughts on the whole situation. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. Again, like I, I understand both sides, but I think one question would have been sufficient enough. I mean, because it does it, it, I think you bring up a really good point, Kirsten on, he can just say his piece. This is what I'm going to say. And then it's done. Like, let's all move on. We can all move forward. We know as much of the details that we need to know. It doesn't, we're not privy to every single little thing. We're not privy Mm -hmm. to knowing everything about everyone, but just, I think again, general human curiosity, it's going to, that's one of the things too, Connor Bedard, I don't want to say like unfairly kind of came into this position, Mm -hmm. but like, there's a lot of expectations with him. Like, supposed to be at least on the same great caliber that Connor McDavid is like the next big thing in the national hockey league. So with that comes an enormous spotlight on him. I think the unfair part of that is, you know, thing people will talk, they know your name and then family members get brought in undeservedly. So that's the thing that sucks about the whole situation. Right. And don't condone any of those rumors at all. Like ridiculous. Like first one. Sure. (laughs) But the rest of it, move on. Um, speaking of, do you know Connor Bedard has his own security guard? Okay, I was wondering when I yeah. saw that picture. I was like, does he have a security guard? That's like a security guard? What? Mm-hmm. Like why? That seems a little extra. I questioned this, but I think it does make sense. I honestly, I think it's the social media aspect of everything. Like I'm sure he's had it all along. I, I, this is the first time I have been around him. I think he had a security guard when they were here for the develop or the prospects tournament as well. Cause this is the first time mm-hmm. again, Chicago's visited since then, but yeah, he's got his own, own security guard. And I don't know. It just seemed, it felt very much. And I know you're far too young for this movie reference. Um, it's called the first kid with Sinbad and it's like the president's kid or whatever. It just, it, because he looks so young, just like the president's kid looked in this movie and Sinbad's the security guard. And it just, I don't know just felt like he was just this I don't know it was very it was very odd but I get I think it's the social media component like yeah everything just gets crazy and I don't think Mm -hmm. it's for a negative I don't think they're concerned about like his safety at all Mm -hmm. but I'm sure just to keep things moving through like you know certainly I I kind of take back what I said about it seeming like extra I take it back because after I said that I do remember I think after he was drafted by Chicago his family was being harassed like, I think I'm there sure. was a situation where I don't want to say people were like outside of his family's home, but like, I do think his family was being harassed. Yeah. Like, that's just the thing. Like the fandom can go both ways. Again, I don't see it as like a security measure mm-hmm. necessarily, but like people are crazy. Like they're crazy for this kid. They you are. know, it's, it's like, insane. No, dude, so even just like seeing like people's tweets on social media sometimes I'm like, you do know that these guys are just people like I know right? like we need to calm down a little bit here 
Well, I know I'm a fangirl first and foremost. Like there's no denying that I am a fangirl, but I think like, I kind of just, I know that line to where I'm not going to like go overboard and wait outside someone's house or like obsessively like, you know, like just be like super, uh, you know what I'm trying to say. There's I a can't, line. there's not a per, and again, I think probably because our job lends itself to have unique experiences that not everybody gets to experience, but there's not a person mm. in this world that I am going, like, I remember when I was younger, I maybe shed a tear over like Nick Carter and the Backstreet Boys, like just very briefly, just very like, was very, I love them. I mean, not to an extensive aspect, but like, otherwise there's not anybody though in this world, like Wayne Gretzky, we joke about how amazing, and that would be, that'd be a whale to land. But I would still, I think, be able to act fairly normal around him. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think the only person I would – there's two people in this world I really think I wouldn't necessarily act weird around, but I would get so, like – I don't – I genuinely don't know what my reaction would be if I was in the same room, like, face-to-face with them, like, that I would maybe start crying. Like, genuinely. One, Taylor Swift. Obviously. I don't know what I would do if I was face-to-face with her. The other one, Carrie Underwood. So those two are the only people I'm like, I don't know what my reaction would be. Carrie Underwood, who's married to a hockey player and is at the epitome of hockey player power couples. Let's not yes, forget. Yes, and I am very upset with myself that I forgot about them seemingly. So I think my one problem, and I, because I know this about myself, I would almost try too hard to play it cool that I'd be fucking obnoxious. Ooh. I would be effing obnoxious. Like, I, <laughs> oh, like man. you know, when you try, like, you're like, you know, how, like elementary school kids, like third grade when they're trying to be cool. And you're like, oh, you're just annoying now. Cause you're trying to, or, like, that might be me. Like, it might just be like, oh, hey, care. What's up? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> um, no, like, I, I think I, I genuinely, Cosby. hey, Sid, can I talk to yeah. you for a moment? <laughs> um, no, I think I would just start crying. That's I fair. genuinely think that's what my reaction would be because I would just be so overcome with emotion because like she's been my hero since I was like eight years old. So that's like fair. meeting her, it's on my bucket list. Like I need to, I almost dropped $1,200 for a meet and greet and it sold out before I could. So oh my goodness. anyone in the hockey community, cause I know Carrie Underwood hangs out at hockey rinks from time to time, <laughs> Help a girl out. I know someone who listens to this pod has a connection. I just want to say hi. Maybe That's get a fair. picture to put on my wall. We'll work on it. We we can work on that, I think. You know, maybe she'll be her and Gretzky. Maybe we get them together. Maybe. Maybe. Who knows? Uh, let us know who you guys would love to meet. Who are you going to fangirl over? If it's Kirsten and I, oh, bless your heart. We're not cool. But we do also, appreciate I'm really all of sorry our- if you yeah. want to fangirl over me because I'm quite disappointing in person. <laughs> we need to pick you up. Someone comment something nice about Kirsten. We need to just, like, get you out of this glum, angry mode you're in. No, it's very like, bizarre honestly, for me. like, this is kind of on a personal note because, like, I, I was going through it for a few months here. Just, like... I think part of it was like, I wasn't taking the best care of myself and like mentally, like I have depression and then like, especially seasonal depression, but like the last couple of months, I've really made it a thing to like take care of myself. And so truly like the last couple of weeks, like I feel like myself again, like a very good version of myself, like my energy's back, like all that. But like the last two days I've just been crabby. It's all right. It happens. You got this. We'll get out of it. Yeah. Together, we will get out of it. You know what will help you get out of it? Our favorite hockey moments of the week. 
Ooh, I I have one. I have a selfish one this week. Do it. I like it. Let's go. Um, at the Wild Blackhawks game, I was up on the stage and there was one of the ushers who was like waving me down, and I turned around and then he was pointing at this woman. This woman hands me a card, and then I look at it and it says, "Love your shoes." And then she's like smiling and waving at me and like I just melted. I was wearing my sparkly boots. And so that was just like I don't know. It was you just very it. like extra mile to like do that. Was it print it looked like printed or did she write that? No, it was printed. So like that's what I thought was like so like extra special about it. Like she didn't write it down. It was like a printed card. And then on the back, it was like, you got like smacked, but like with like an act of kindness, like they're like affirmation cards that you hand out and give to people. So I was like honored to be the recipient of one of them. So it made my day. Oh, I do love that. That's great. I do too. And I was like, where do I buy these? Cause I think I should start doing that too. And then just like seeing like there was a couple of little girls too who were like staring at me. And then one that was like with her dad and her dad was like, let her know, like go tell her. And then she goes, I like your shoes. And like she was maybe like six years old. She was little. And I was like, thank you so much. And then like I turned around and then I looked back at her and she was still looking at me and I smiled at her. And then she turned her back to me. I think I scared her. Oh, I love it. That's a good reminder for everybody out there. Always give a compliment. If you have a compliment for somebody, people love to hear that. You don't know how much it can like change their day like it did for Kirsten. Like it's just, Facts. it really is. Like I always try to remind that like when someone's like, hey, I like your smile. Like they're not trying to be, you know, like, well, thank you. Like, and just take the compliment too, right? Sometimes mm-hmm. we need to need to be better at taking compliments. But yeah, just always mm-hmm. never be afraid to say something nice. It really can just perk you right up. My favorite hockey moment of the week is Brock Besser continuing to soar, uh, mm. not just fly, but absolutely soar. 17 goals. He is leading the NHL in goals. And the reason that's so special is not just because he's the Minnesota kid, but we all are well familiar with his story, his family story. Um, and just to see him get back into his groove, it had to have been absolute torture the past couple of years, losing his father and all the health struggles that his father had been through before his passing and to be playing hockey in a hockey mecca like Vancouver, where they expect so much, and especially of him. Um, I am just so beyond thrilled to see him having the year that he is having, um, in addition to the Canucks in general, because that whole team and franchise has been a little bit of a rocky road. But I think especially Brock Besser, I just, I'm love, I'm cheering for him all the way. I am cheering for him and the Vancouver Canucks because of that. And it's just, it's really, really great to see. Absolutely. He deserves it. Great guy big community guy, big family guy. So it's awesome to see. Exactly. Let us know your favorite hockey moments of the week. I know a lot of teams have started gearing up youth and high school. So we love to see that Uh, in case you missed it. The PWHL did announce that indeed the XL energy center will be home to the PWHL Minnesota. That is their team name. Yes. Um, Games starting in January, all games at XL energy center. We will be bringing you more from those players and from that league as it really gets ramped up here. I believe the roster should be finalized at the end of this week, if not early next week, a lot of Minnesotans, you're going to want to check it out. Obviously a good friend of the pod, Natalie Darwitz, your general manager. Um, So we'll be sure to have her on as well as some players to stay tuned for that. Otherwise, that's going to do it for this week. Our next live show for the month of December will be toward the end of December, still finalizing details for a location. So stay tuned for that uh, as presented by Greenbelt. Don't forget, New Voice Studios has created Bardown Beauties. We're also brought to you by Soda Stick, Talk North, Jim Beam, Livia, and Royal Credit Union. As always, we hope you guys have a great rest of your week and go wild.
Barry, near, 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 near,